0: One of my favorite pictures that's not of my kids or of animals um, like cats. So this is, a, this is a picture of a soldier uh, shortly after World War II, uh, the morning that East Berlin and West Berlin were divided. Uh, this is barbed wire that went, along, uh, went down the middle of the Straße that divided the city in two. And this soldier saw a boy who'd been caught on the wrong side of the barbed wire. And you can see the fear in the soldier's eyes. Um, But he knew that this was not the way that things were supposed to be. That somehow a wall that divides us is wrong, is unnatural. And so this soldier acted, lifted the boy from one side to the other, no matter the consequences. And it's an amazing picture because I think at the depth of who we are, we get that. We get the weight of this, that in some way walls are unnatural, that this is not the way that things are supposed to be, because walls that divide us from each other, and there are so many walls of division in our world these days, that these walls, um, and and which side that you find yourself on, have real effects on outcomes and experiences, on opportunities and options, but at the core of who we are, there is something in us that knows that these walls of division amidst our diversity are not how things are supposed to be. We know that we are all children of God, right? Uh, And siblings on this journey, each of us carrying with us the image of God, all of us of sacred worth, why would we let walls be built between us? But that goes against the current of culture so often. It's easier just to, to pick sides and to split up along the way. I mean, Aggies and Longhorns, they can't even be in the same conference anymore, um, much less live in peace with each other. But we are called to more than that, because our God is a God of all people, period. A God whose loving invitation is for all, who calls us in that same way to love our neighbor as ourselves, no matter what, as kids of one family, to remove any obstacles that keep us apart and equality apart from our world. And so here at Open, we want to live even more and learn how to live even more into that calling as a community that tears down the barbed wire and throws open the doors of God's love and in its place to be a community that builds bridges in a world that so desperately needs them that we might all live into that call that we heard last week, to be a community that sees each other and treats each other and all people as beloved children of God. It's important to us that as a faith community that we live that out because the truth is, often in our world, the name of Jesus and Christ gets leveraged to build or maintain walls, the divide or systems of supremacy, of those rules of in and out. And I think this breaks God's heart. If you felt on the outside, or, or you felt outside at all just because of the wall building, I'm so sorry. Because at the heart of it all, and the heart of our story, is the heart of a God who is a wall breaker, who made all, and loves all people, and calls us to live in that same way. Jesus was, as Crystal said, a wall breaker. His invitation to everyone he met, was not bounded by walls. It was simple and revolutionary. He would say, anyone, whosoever, everyone who would come, all who would come and find life. Like there was nothing at all, no such thing as walls. He was like the Kool-Aid man, just busting through walls whenever he found it, right? And offering this wide open invitation. But even more than that invitation, he would go specifically to those who felt outside, because that's where the heart of God goes. To those considered untouchable, he touched. To those who felt unworthy, he called sacred. Whether they felt like it, or they felt like they didn't match up or fit the mold, maybe they didn't feel good about how they were doing at their job or their life or, or parenthood. Perhaps they had uh, um, banged their kid's head into the door frame, giving them piggyback rides through the house, just hypothetically, just um, <laughs> hypothetically, Sorry, little parent confession here. And those who felt unworthy and outside, he embraced and he empowered and treated as sacred. And those who, who felt unloved because of their religion or their race or their nationality, their gender, their doubts or their questions, he loved them and sought them out and broke down the walls and spoke into their hearts, God loves you. The kingdom of God, he said in Luke 10, the kingdom of God, has come near to you. This is here for you. And to the wall builders, he said things like this, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you lock people out of the kingdom of heaven, like the Kool-Aid man just taking a sledgehammer to the walls. Even more than a wall breaker, Jesus was a bridge builder as well. Every wall that gets knocked down can become a bridge, and so the Pharisees were invited too, but especially invited were those who felt or had been told that they were far off. And Jesus connected each person to God, and then it connected us to each other, teaching that in the same way that we love God, we are to love our neighbor and ourselves, that this vertical relationship with God is the same as the horizontal relationship with our neighbors. They're equally important, and we're called to love. And that in some ways, building walls here and here between us just might build a wall here between our God and us and each other as well. But the the loving, justice-bringing, shalom work of God breaks down walls and builds bridges and invites all into the work of the beloved community, and that's the work that God calls us to join. And right now, in our generation, in our time, it has never been more important. Um, in these last years, so much has come to the surface to show us that old powers and prejudices and systems and structures, that walls are still present with us, ever present. And so in the words of my grandma, Lord have mercy. <laughs> in the words of the Apostle Peter, Oive is what he would say. Can we bring down these old walls and these old systems and structures? the witness of history, the invitation of our God is that we can and we must because it's our work to do. And most importantly, it is the work of God's heart in every time and every generation as God pulls us onward through culture and context toward that vision of the beloved community, that kingdom of God that's mentioned in Romans 4.17 that is justice and peace and joy, that is shalom for all people that city without walls, that's what love does and what love draws us to and what love is building. And the end of our story is that God's love wins and has the final word. And so it may seem impossible uh, that even those small acts in our family, in our friend groups, in our workplaces, in our neighborhood, those acts that are rooted in the love of God and neighbor without walls, those acts in love are a part of the work. And so every time you choose to listen, and to learn, and to love first, you put cracks in the wall. When you reach up, and you speak out, and you stand with, you put cracks in the wall, and when you seek justice, and joy, and peace for this world, especially for our neighbors, and especially the most vulnerable, you are bringing down walls, and building bridges to the kingdom, to that beloved community of justice, and joy, and peace for all people. So I keep using this metaphor of walls because the early followers of Jesus used this metaphor in our scripture library as well. Because the, the early followers of Jesus used this term, uh, and they were talking about their primary division that they experienced in their world. Their primary dividing wall was an ethnic and religious dividing wall between between the Jews and the non-Jewish people, or the Gentiles. Um, culturally, Jews were not to associate with Gentiles. Uh, they couldn't eat with them or do life with them. But Jesus lived in a totally different way, uh, without walls between these groups of people, and invited people around him and his followers to do more and to live in that same way. And so here's how they describe. Um, Hannah read us a little bit of this earlier how they describe that work that Jesus was doing to make that old division into a new kind of unity. And so in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, it begins like this, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh, he has made both groups, those groups they knew of, the Jew and the non-Jew, into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is the hostility between us. And it goes on, and gets even wilder. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances, so that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. And this passage is so beautiful, and revolutionary, and deep, and invites us even now to have a vision like God's kind of vision for our world. The wall between all of us has been broken down, but not just between us, between all people and between God, that Jesus has abolished the law with its commandments, it says. All of those old things that we feel separate us from God and from each other are gone. That God's love is freely given to all who seek. That Jesus has cleared the table, and in that clearing space is building something Knew. What's super cool about this is that that wall-breaking idea was not just a metaphor in their time. This was real-life stuff back then. So the temple in Jerusalem was the center of their religious expression in those days, and it was this special place that, that historically the Jewish people had understood that God symbolically resided, and it was a way to go and encounter God in a very real way. And the temple there was, was like a big rectangle, that was divided into parts by a series of walls. There were four, uh, four sections and four walls uh, created in those spaces. And so I've invited a couple friends who are back there in the back to come up here to the, uh, to the stage with me and help me demonstrate so we can see kind of what life was like back then. Um, I told them they didn't have to wear robes and sandals up here to do it. But just to show us this, awesome. Cool, thank you. Let's give them a round of applause as they come up. Awesome. Okay, so tell, tell me your name. Kenzie, Kenzie Riley, Abby, Christian, and Gilbert are here with us today. So uh, so let's see a picture of the temple. Kenzie, do you mind being God? Sure. Is that cool? Okay, so God, God stands right over here. So come on over, Kenzie. Awesome. And so here's where God lives, <laughs> right here with Kinsey. Um, this is, you know, what, it, what it's like being Kinsey some days. And so, uh, so Riley, you're going to be a priest. And so priests were males, and they were allowed to go farther than anyone else. So there was this wall, and then Riley would come over and get to go closer to God than anyone else. But not too close. Don't touch God. Or <laughs> um, something bad will happen. All right, and then there was a wall right here. And if you were a good Jewish man, like Abby, then you could come this far, up to the next wall, and stand. Okay? Awesome, but don't cross the wall. Okay, then there was a wall right here, and so Christian, being a good Jewish woman, could come this far, but no farther. And then Gilbert um, was a God-seeker, but not the right ethnicity. And so Gilbert is a Gentile who could come this close, but no farther. And so this was a picture, and so let's all turn and look at Kenzie there, of kind of this hierarchy of life and faith. But there was one more wall right here outside of Gilbert's, and outside of that wall was (laughs) y'all, everyone else, the people who maybe weren't interested, or the people by the way that they were born, or or their life history, were not allowed by law to even approach the temple. And all of us outside, I'll stand with you in solidarity, we're called, get this, the far off. That was the nickname for the people outside. And so right here, we have this hierarchy that Ephesians is talking to us about. Remember that verse in Ephesians chapter two, it talks about a Jesus who came and broke down the dividing wall between those who were near and those who were far off and all of us. And so in this story, what the early followers of Jesus were telling us is that Jesus was kind of like Oprah with a sledgehammer.
1: Just came along
0: and to the walls went, bam, your wall comes down. Your wall comes down. Your wall comes down. Your wall comes down. And even the far off are near to God, it says. And if the walls have fallen, then nothing stands between you you and Kenzie. (laughs) So let's all, uh, let's bum rush over in that direction. We can all go in that direction. Let's give them a round of applause here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Christ abolished the law and broke down the walls, and in himself made us into one. Those who were near, and those who were nearer, and nearer, and nearer, and those who were far off, all brought together. The walls have come down, and there's nothing separating you from God. But even more, it says that you don't even have to draw near, that God has drawn near to us. That it's God who, has, who says, I am big enough, and my love is big enough to cover all of you. I'm near to the near, and I'm near to the far off. Of all of us in this room and those outside in our world, there is simply no wall between us and God, not now or ever, only the bridge of this love in Christ of welcome and in peace. And because there is no wall between us and God, there's no wall between us and each other as well. If we stand equally before our God as children of God, beloved, then what grounds do we have for division for, for hierarchy, for ranking among ourselves. It's the unconditional love of God and the worth of each person that unites us together. It's a bridge that all people are of sacred worth and equal before God. And so this is not to be a community of hierarchy, but of higher love, of universal grace, a beloved community with love at its heart. And that in our world is a desperately needed and new thing, but it is beautiful. And so uh, all of that starts here in this place. We want this community to be, to be that kind of a bridge that helps all people connect with God. And so we say plainly and clearly here, because I think we need to hear it. That God is a God of all who's building a community without walls, with love at its heart, with the love that we see in Jesus. But we don't want it to stop in this room, because there are walls and divisions and hierarchy throughout our world and so much of the old stuff that's hanging around. And there's those in our world who feel far off and have been told that way. That temple mentality of hierarchy is hard to shake. Think about your life and the community that you do life with. There are walls and divisions in our world. That hierarchy appears in so many different ways, of religion, of of class, of race, of ethnicity and ability, But we are called into our world to be wall breakers, to listen and to learn and to love and to be like Oprah with the sledgehammer as best we can, to be wall breakers and bridge builders. So a little while back, um, I had my own eyes open to some of the ways that this plays out in real life. Uh, I got to understand a little bit more about walls and hierarchy in the world around me. And so I was at a training for clergy persons on race and culture that was uh, just an amazing eye-opening time together. Uh, But we did this exercise that was there to help us understand the reality of walls in our world and the cultural privilege that goes along with being on the right side of those cultural walls. And so it was a bunch of pastors and friends of mine who were all about at the same stage of life, but from different backgrounds. And so we lined up together. They had us line up just shoulder to shoulder. So you can picture like 20 pastors in a line, which may be the first time you've ever pictured that before, but that's what was happening. (laughs) And they began to ask us these questions. And if we could answer yes to them, then we were to take a step forward with it. And so they would ask simple things like, if one of your parents went to college, take a step forward. And so I take a step forward. Not, I had two parents who went to college. Maybe I take two steps. If the, if the culture of your ancestors was the default history that you studied in school, then, then take a step. Okay. If when you go to, uh, go to a store, if you ask to see the manager, is it reasonable that the manager will be the same race as you? Take a step. Is it reasonable that your boss would be the same gender as you? Take a step. And we started walking, and they asked us about 20 of these questions, 20 steps. And I answered yes to every single one. And we got to the end, they asked us to turn around, and I looked back, and I saw all of my clergy siblings that I was doing life with spread out. Five. 10 steps behind me, 20 steps behind me. And I saw that division of what life looks like, that I was 20 steps ahead before we even started. And in that hierarchy, I saw the temple all over again, of walls that really affect outcomes and opportunities and life experiences spread out before me. And I heard this call on my heart of the God who's a wall-breaking God, who calls us all of sacred worth, whose invitation is to all of us equally. But I saw how so often the experience and the opportunities in our world and systems and structures are not that. And so I was, I was a little shook, truthfully, <laughs> um, I still am thinking about that vision and thinking about the difference in my own life of how I've experienced that twenty step head start and the difference it made in my life. And so I asked my friend who was there, I said, you know, what do I what do I do? <laughs> what do I do with this? And they said, first, just listen. <laughs> just acknowledge what you're what you're hearing right now. Use your ears. Listen to the stories that you're hearing of your other clergy siblings and the stories they're telling about their life experiences and their challenges and their hopes along the way. Listen. And before you respond in defensiveness, take a moment to believe it. Listen and use your ears. And I said, and, and, and with what you listen, do your best to learn from it. And, and I hate to say this, but just like school, In our learning, there's some homework for us to do. Sorry to bring that up on a Sunday. Apologize. But particularly for me, who stands at at one end of the temple yard to see and acknowledge the systems and structures that I was born and socialized into, and then be most concerned, not about proving that I'm somehow better than those things, but to recognize the places that I am a part of it. And to learn to get to work, doing some homework in myself, in my relationships, in the places that I go, to do my homework without asking anyone else to do it for me, to acknowledge those things, to notice them, and to do my best to be against them, to be transformed. And I'm so grateful for the opportunities that I've had along the way to learn, uh, especially those tough lessons when I realize that I'm not quite Jesus um, just al- almost there, almost there. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, follow me around for like an hour, and you'll see that's not even close. And, and, and it's happened in so many different ways. Right now, there's one going on that I was, I was in right before we came here in our open thought class that happens at 945 in the room directly behind here. We're reading a book together called White Fragility on Race in Our World, and we're trying our best to do our homework and our self-work so that we can better be wall breakers in our own lives and in our world. We need to listen, and we need to learn and do our homework. When we listen and when we learn, the next step then is, I think, is to advocate, to use our voice. Where are there voices that are speaking that can't be heard? And to do our best to come alongside and to amplify, to use our privilege, to use our voice, and to work to break down the walls and seek justice and joy and peace in our world. To follow the lead of the vulnerable, but to stand with and speak up and speak out as best we can. To, to shut down unwholesome Facebook message threads, whatever it, whatever the work looks like in our lives, to advocate and use our privilege and use our voice. And as we do it, to let it be done in the way of Christ. To build bridges, to use our heart and to act, to be intentional about and strategic about living and loving like there are no walls. Knowing that the divide is there, and then going out of our way to overcome it and stand against it. If you're a boss, the next time you get applications in, call back John, and call back Juan, and call back Jana, and recognize and go out of your way to make sure that you are being equitable and taking those opportunities. High schoolers, Break down those concrete dividing walls of the cafeteria and the friendship lines intentionally. And for all of us, check our stereotypes when we meet someone new. And for all of us, too, just like meet somebody new. (laughs) Make a friend out there. Meet your neighbors, especially those across dividing walls. Listen and learn and love. Nothing tears down walls and builds bridges like friendship. If you happen to be a preacher guy with a microphone, share the stage. I don't know if that applies to anyone out there. Share the stage. Um, I need to be better about lifting others up and lending my privilege and making sure other voices and stories are represented and get to tell their story on the platforms that I'm given. But for all of us, the way to be wall breakers in our world over and over comes down to this simple but profound act of simply loving as we've been loved by the God who knocked down the walls that we might be near to use our ears and our voice and our heart and to love because that old temple mentality is everywhere around us but Christ knocked down the walls and welcomed us all to God and to each other and so we need to do the same Because a wall knocked down can become a bridge to something new. And how we want that, how God wants that, how we need it in our world. And so every day, in ways big and small, use your acts of love to bring down walls and build bridges. So uh, I want to share a story with you of, of some things that have been going on over the last two years. The groups from this trip, from this church have been traveling down to the Rio Grande Valley and to the borderlands area to work with asylum seekers and migrant families and children who are coming to our country in the midst of their immigration proceedings. Um, and the opportunity that some of us have, have gotten to, to have and to share those stories with each other, to listen and to learn and in some small way to love and advocate in action, has simply been life-changing eye-opening, uh, wall-breaking for us. And one of the amazing things uh, that we've gotten to do has been able to, to work alongside people and groups who are doing the work every day in ways big and small to help. And, and sometimes in the face of, you know, big political policies and overwhelmed systems, it can seem impossible to bring about change and great change in our world to do great things. But in the wisdom of of people like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and and Mother Teresa that have all said something like this, we realize that, that there are no great things. There's only small things done in great love. That every wall comes down brick by brick. Every bridge gets built step by step. Through all the small ways and choices and intersections and relationships in our life, as we do and live and seek to grow even more in great love through listening and learning and having the courage to love, when we intersect with the heart of a God who is a wall breaker, change happens because that's what the heart of God is. And so one group that, uh, that is doing those small acts is this group of tias and abuelas. Uh, who show up at bus stations. They call themselves the Angry Tias. So they show up at bus stations uh, when large groups of asylum seekers and migrants are being released from immigration proceedings with little more than a bus ticket and instructions to be in court in Minneapolis in three days, for instance. And they're like, where is Minneapolis? Which way is it? And are like, you are a long way from Minneapolis, and I actually have no idea which direction it is from here, although just follow the cold, I think. It's how you get there. So, they show up into this place and they meet with people and they hold these signs that say, You know, welcome. I can help you find your bus. And they help them navigate the bus station and explain the routes to them and how it works. And they give them little details like the bathrooms here are free, you can just use them, or you can use the water fountains to fill up your water bottles. Real practical cultural navigation advice. But most of all, they smile and they hug and they say, We're glad you're here. And they welcome each other just in the same way that Christ has welcomed us as a wall breaker. And for many of those families who are coming through and those individuals who are coming through, they say this, they say, this is the first time in the months of my journey that I've seen a smiling face and heard a welcoming word. That this small act of love from these aunts and grandmothers, breaks down walls and builds bridges. And this small thing is a great thing because it's done in great love. In this world and in our community all around us, there are people who are trying to navigate this life, to get from one place to another and where they are going. And we are on that journey too. And often there are real walls of opportunity and option and privilege and power along the way. And we can help We can hold up signs that say, I want to help you get to your bus. Welcome. We can be a welcoming presence just as we've been welcomed and had our walls broken by God and Christ. We can be a kind face. We can be an open mind and a courageous advocate and a ready friend. We can break walls and build bridges and be part of building the beloved community for all people in our world. And these things that we have the opportunity to do through our work and in our workplaces and our families and neighborhoods may seem like small things, but they are part of the great love story of a God who in Christ broke down the walls and is making peace in our world and in our time and invites us to join. As children of God, beloved and called, may we be a people of great wall-breaking, bridge-building, all-welcoming, love in all we do. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your love for us. That when we felt far off, God, you have been seeking us, drawing near that we might find peace. And God, as we find peace in you, That we find peace with each other. Help us to be people of peace, of justice, and of joy in our world, just like you. Help us to be wall breakers and bridge builders, that we might do the things we do in your great love that changes everything.